My soul thirsts to be in your presence again, Jesus. My soul thirsts to magnify the Ancient of Days, to magnify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. My soul thirsts to magnify the One who is the Father of all spirits, the God of all flesh. My soul thirsts to magnify God Almighty. Father, you are almighty. You are all powerful. All power in heaven, on the earth, under the earth, in all of the universe, outside the universe. All of the power belongs to you, O God. My soul thirsts to magnify you again this morning because you are the one who is Alpha and Omega. You are beginning and end. You are before the beginning and you will be after the end. When all this is said and done, Lord, you will still be here. You are God Almighty. Be glorified one more time in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, as we spend this time in your presence again to read our Bibles, Lord, bless us with wisdom. Be here with us. Grant us understanding in your word and cause your name to be glorified in our lives one more time. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. We continue reading our Bibles and we are going in at quick pace. Yes, we will be true uh, to the book of Revelation uh, in a few days. So today we read 1 Timothy. We, con- we concluded 2 Thessalonians yesterday. We read 1 Timothy and our goal is to at least get to the 5th uh, yes, the fifth chapter of First Timothy today, so that tomorrow we are able to finish Second Timothy, and then the day after we will take Titus and Philemon together in one day. <laughs> yes, so we'll get there. Okay, so Timothy, I did the introduction yesterday, but let me add that look, Timothy, I mentioned was a young man. He was left in charge of the church in Ephesus. Remember Paul said that those people in Ephesus, that they are wild beasts. And then in the book of Ephesians, he said, our, our fight are not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power. Paul recognized that he was confronting demonic entities in Ephesus. And it was here that Paul left Timothy in charge of. So when you read the book of First and Second Timothy, you must read it with this understanding in mind. A big thank you to everyone joining in this morning. God bless you. Whatever platform you're joining me have, and you're listening in this morning, whatever continent you are seated listening in this morning, I pray God bless you. I pray the word of God will continue to come alive in your heart in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, let's read First Timothy chapter 1 through to 5. Greetings from Paul. This letter is from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus appointed by the command of God our Savior and Christ Jesus, who gives us hope. I am writing to Timothy, my true son in the faith. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. You know the next word that will come after my mouth, right? Yes, this is Paul's signature. 
you will understand the importance of this letter especially as we start the new year and we're going to read do an harmonized study of the new testament and then we'll read through the new testament again from from matthew through to the, to revelation we will not spend too much time reading the old testament next year but you see one of the things that you will realize is we'll talk about canonization for example how our books the current books that are in our, in our bible how they came to be there and you will understand the importance okay during that time there were so many things flying around this was a secret code paul had in all his writing for anyone to be able to tell that this is paul speaking may god the father and christ jesus our lord give you grace mercy and peace now warning against false teachings when i left for macedonia i urged you to stay there in ephesus the same place where they almost killed paul i hope you didn't forget ephesus there was this riot great is artemis great is artemis great is artemis they shouted for hours ah it was a bad riot too. <laughs> he said when i left for macedonia and I, he said i urged you to stay there in ephesus and stop those whose teaching is contrary to the truth don't let them waste their time in endless discussion of myths, myths and spiritual and spiritual pedigree. These things only lead to, to meaningless speculations, which don't help people live a life of faith in God. The essence of the gospel we preach, the essence of live, reading our Bibles every day is living a life of faith in God so that you will know God better. Anything outside that is just religion and a waste of time. Verse 5 says, The purpose of my instruction is that all believers will be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. But some people have missed this whole point. They have turned away from these things and spent their time in meaningless discussions. They want to be known as teachers of the law of Moses. So you know that apart from those who were involved in idol worship, in the worship of Artemis, Artemis you had the, the Jews there. <laughs> Some of them even were Jewish believers. He says they want to be known as teachers of the law of, of Moses, but they don't know what they are talking about, even though they speak, even though they speak so confidently. Okay? <clears throat> Eight, we know that the law is good when used correctly for the law was not intended for people who do what is right it is for people who are lawless and rebellious who are ungodly and sinful who consider nothing sacred and defile what is holy who kill their father or mother or commit other or commit other murders the law is for people who are sexually immoral or who practice homosexuality or are slave traders liars promise breakers or would do anything else that contradicts the old, the awesome teaching that comes from the glorious good news entrusted to me by that by our blessed god next paul talks about his gratitude for god's message i thank christ jesus our lord who has given me strength to do this work he considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. I used to. 
blasphemed the name of Christ. It says, in my insolence, I persecuted his people. But God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Paul called what he was doing ignorance and unbelief. <laughs> you would have said he knew what he was doing. When they were killing Stephen, he knew what he was doing. But that was as far as he knew. And if he knew better, he wouldn't be doing that. He says, oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that comes from, G- from Christ Jesus. The faith and love that comes from Christ Jesus. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. This is a trustworthy saying. Everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, not to come to condemn us in our sins. He says, and, and I am the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Eh? Those of us that are saved, who know that the grace of God eh, was at work in us. We recognize that but for the grace of God. Ah, Murphy, but for the grace of God. I can say it with every confidence and I am not ashamed, but for the grace of God. Paul said, look, we eh, we are even the worst sinners, yet God saved us and he's using us. He says, then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. All honor and glory to God forever and ever. He is the eternal king, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. Amen. Wow. I love that. He says, all honor and glory to God forever and ever. He is the eternal king, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, he says, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they help you fight well in the Lord's battle. Cling to your faith in Christ. And keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their conscience. As a result, their faith has been has, has been shipwrecked. Amana, Imaneus, and Alexander are two examples. I think this Alexander must be the Alexander the coppersmith. However, let's just think that it's Imaneus and Alexander are two examples. I threw them out and handed them over to Satan so they might learn not to blaspheme God, okay? These two people were believers, so, but over time, they began to blaspheme God. Chapter 2, instructions about worship. This one is instructions on worship. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them, in, to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. The man 
Christ Jesus. I wish people read their Bible, eh? They will understand God's entire wisdom for salvation. For there is one God, eh? At the same time, there is one mediator. That mediator is God himself. Who can reconcile God and humanity? Only God reconciles himself with humanity. Hmm? All of our sacrifices are not good enough. It says, and one mediator who reconciles God and humanity, the man, Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. And I have been, this is the message God gave the world at just the right time. And I have been chosen as a preacher and apostle to teach the Gentiles this message about faith and truth. I'm not exaggerating, just telling, just telling the truth. Eight, in every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. Paul is not trying to say that this is the only way men can pray, that we must lift up holy hands. No. Okay, that was how they worship God. Be free. He said, look, but they should be free from anger and controversy. And I want women to be modest in their appearance. They should wear decent, appropriate clothing and not draw attention to themselves by the way they fix their hair or by wearing gold or pearl or expensive clothes. The goal is you are going to the place of worship. Okay? So, dress in a way where the attention is not on, on God anymore. The, all of the attention is on you. He said, no, you are doing something wrong. Okay? He said, and not draw attention to themselves by the things that you are wearing, decent, appropriate. That's fine. Wear, wear whatever you want to wear. But let it not be distracting people. That's what Paul is saying. Verse 10, for women who claim to be devoted to God should make themselves attractive by the good things they do. Hmm? Women should learn quietly and submissively. I do not let women I do not let women teach men or have authority over them. Let them listen quietly. For God made Adam first, and afterward he made Eve. And it was not Adam who was deceived by Satan. The woman was deceived, and sin was the result. But women will be saved through childbearing, assuming they continue to live in faith, love, holiness and modesty i wish we had time to break this down but paul is writing specifically giving this specific instruction to the situation that is going on in the church in ephesus that's first the first thing you should realize the next thing is to realize that these women who have this their new liberty in christ were were, were misbehaving in church okay so Paul says, let them listen quietly. If you listen, if you read the, when he spoke to the Corinthian church, he told even men themselves to be silenced in church. So it's not like as if he's telling women to, to listen quietly, as if he was trying to denigrate them. No, that is not the goal. Very important. I wish we had time this morning. But I'll look for when we'll be able to speak on church doctrines, and that would be a wonderful study. Let's move to first. Second, First Timothy chapter 3, leaders in the church. This is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. So a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He can inverse. A church leader must be a woman 
whose life is above reproach, and she must be faithful to her husband. Okay? <laughs> so, you cannot be telling me that Paul meant only men can be leaders. Okay? Because if you look at those who work with Paul, many of them were women and they were leaders in church. Okay? So, he would have been contradicting himself. But many times, what he was addressing, what was, was going on in the specific church where he was. He says he must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must be able to teach. He must not be a heavy drinker or be violent. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and not, and not love money. He must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? A church leader must not be a new believer. He could have just said a church, a man church believer. No, a church leader must not be a new believer. It applies whether it's a male, it's a man or a woman must not be a new believer because he might become proud and the devil would, would cause him to fall. Also, people outside the church must speak well of him so that he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. In the same way, deacons must be well respected and have integrity. They must not be heavy drinkers or dishonest with money. They must be committed to the mystery of the faith now revealed and must live with a clear conscience. Before they are appointed as deacons, let them be closely examined. If they pass the test, then let them serve as deacons. Paul says, let them be closely examined. Yes, let them be closely examined. At least observe their lives for a while. See how well they are doing. Be sure that they practice the things. They practice the very things that they are teaching. No, Jesus began both to do and to teach. They too must practice the things that they are teaching. And then, and then, you can appoint them as deacons. Verse 11, it says, In the same way, their wives must be respected and must not slander others. They must, ex ex they, they must exercise self-control and be faithful in everything they do. A deacon must be faithful to his wife and he must manage his children and household well. Those who do well as deacons will be rewarded with respect from others and will have increased confidence in their faith in Christ Jesus. Next, we read about the fruits of, the, of our faith. I'm writing these things to you now, even though I hope to be with you soon, so that if I am delayed, you will know how people must conduct themselves in the household of God. This is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and foundation of the truth. Hmm? This is the church of the living God. It is the pillar and foundation of truth. It says, without question, this is the great mystery. Listen to the great mystery of our faith. Paul says that without question, verse 16, this is the great mystery of our faith. Christ was revealed in a human body. You take that away, there is no Christianity. Eh? He is not saying Musa or Jesus was revealed in a human body. He says Christ, the anointed one, the one God anoints and qualifies, qualifies to be the atonement for our sins. It says Christ was revealed in a human body. 
and vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by angels. In other words, he died and was resurrected. Bible says in Romans, if the spirit of him that raised, raised up Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. Romans, I think that's Romans 8 verse 11. So, and vindicated by the spirit. He was seen by angels and announced to the nations. He was believed in throughout the world and taken to heaven in glory. This is the mystery of our faith. You lose this concept you lose Christianity. I'm telling you that the, the birth, the birth of Jesus the, is living this world anointed. That's, that is what it means by the Christ. Is living in this world anointed by the Spirit to live and show us an example of how we should live. And death, and then is death. He lived in a human body. <laughs> and then vindicated by the Spirit meant that he died and was resurrected again. And after that, he was seen, not just by angels, he was seen by physical people. And eventually, he was, he was, he said he was believed in throughout the whole world and was taken, taken to, to heaven in glory. Okay, and I would think that what just happened that day was as, as they were standing there, Jesus was rising up, right up, up and up, up, up into the clouds until they could not see him again. Because as that event happened the bible says that look some some angel appeared to them and was telling them that look the same jesus that they are seeing going is the same way it will come the bible says that they looked up and they saw him who they pierced as jesus came back in the second coming okay so that is what it means that he, he rose up into heaven hallelujah okay because i have had somebody ask me before pastor so where is heaven so let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 4, warning against false teachers. We are making good time. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from, true, from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Ah, I pray you, you will not follow deceptive teachings, teachings that come from demons. You will not follow them. It says these people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead. Their consciences are dead. Now that we are beginning to accept things like pedophilia, we are beginning to accept that it is just normal for a man to or a woman to crave after a child, and that is now normal. It is now normal to, to turn the society upside down. Now they say you can be gender fluid, you can be a man today and be a woman tomorrow, and then you can be a man again. And we see all that all it is causing, however. We are still fine. Okay? Things like that lead to boys who claim they are, they are girls tomorrow, tomorrow go into a girl's bedroom and rapes a girl there. And we are fine with it. Paul says they will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. He says these people are hypocrites and liars. Their consciences are dead. He says they will say it is wrong to be married. <laughs> You see that they are destroying the marriage, the, the marriage institution, right? Yeah. They are signs of the last times. They will say it is wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain food. But God created those foods to be eaten with thanks by faithful people who know, who know the truth. So since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with, th with thanks. For we know 
it is made acceptable by the word of God and prayer. You accept it to, before God, that's fine. Now let's read about a good servant, a good servant of Christ Jesus. If you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, Timothy, you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, one who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teachings you have followed. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wife stays. Instead, train yourself to be godly. You can do it. You train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefit in this life and in the life, in the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle. For our hope is in the living God. Who is our, our hope is in the living God who is the savior of all people and particularly of, of all believers. Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, in your faith, and in purity. That is the order. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, in your faith, and in and your purity. Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. We must get back to these basics. Reading the scriptures and teaching it. Eh? Taking a topic and teaching what the word of God says about it. 14. Do not neglect the spiritual gifts you receive through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church lay their hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your task so that everyone will see, will see your progress. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your, of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Stay true to what is right, eh? both for your own sake and for the sake of those who hear you. Your salvations. Hallelujah. All right, so we are here. We are here in chapter 5, and we are going to end here today. And then complete the book of 1 Timothy tomorrow, and then take 2 Timothy. This is advice about widows, elders, and slaves. Remember, Timothy was a young pastor. Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully, as you would, as you would to your own father. Talk to younger men as you would to your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother, and treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sister. Take care of any widow who has no one else to care for them, for her, and if she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. Repay their parents by taking care of their grandparents. Eh? This is something that pleases that pleases god verse 5 now a true widow a woman who is truly alone in this world has placed her hope in god she prays night and day asking god for his help but the widow who lives only for pleasure is spiritually dead even while she lives remember that all of the focus is talking about taking care of widows the ones that have grandchildren, uh, blah, 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 blah. That's all he's talking about. So you, so you will see why we have misread some scriptures now. He said, but the widow who lives only for pleasure, 
Okay, verse 6. Let's finish it. Let's take that verse 5 again. It says, Now a true widow, a woman who is truly alone in this world, has placed her hope in God. She prays night and day, asking God for his help. 6. But the widow who lives only for pleasure is spiritually dead, even, even while she lives. Give this instruction to the church so that no one will be open to criticism. Hmm? 8. But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied their true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. So please help me explain in this scripture where Paul said that if a man cannot take care of his relatives or his household, he's... He says such people are worse than unbelievers. He is worse than an unbeliever. Tell me that he says that. No. He says, but those who don't care for their relatives. Eh? Whether those people he's talking about are men or women, it does not matter. Right? <laughs> Whether it's a man that has a relative or a woman that has a relative, it applies to both. But those who won't care for their relatives, especially widows, that has no one to take care of them, especially older ones who have grandchildren and then their own children the widow's own own children abandon them and then the grandchildren that's the children of the person's children those children the grandchildren to abandon abandons them paul says that come on you guys are worse than unbelievers He's not talking about a man in, because this has been used to, to um, strong men and say it is your duty to provide everything in the house. That's what the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. But those that won't care for their relative, you know, especially those of their own household, have denied their faith. You have denied the faith. That's not what the Bible is saying here. It is talking about taking care of widows. Unless you are a widow, because you will see in verse 9 that it goes back to talking about widows. Says, but those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. A widow who is put on the list for support must be a woman. It goes back to talking about. So this is where we talked about. We talked about context. Context, and I will share one of these days. I will be able to share with us. The different context you have in the Bible. You cannot, you cannot just, it cannot be speaking of one thing and then you just jump to somebody else, somewhere else, and then you come back to the same thing. No. If it's talking about one thing and the Bible is, you know, contextual in nature, it will stay with the, with the same, it will say, it will stay with the same thing. So in Bible school, we were taught that, look, there are four contexts, majorly four contexts that you have. You have proximate context, which is what applies in this first Timothy chapter 5. Proximate context is if you want to understand what a text is saying, pay attention to everything proximate, close to it, before it and after it. So if it was talking about widows before and it is talking about widows after, then that whole text is talking about widows. And then you have literal context, you have historical context, and you have cultural context. All of which will apply, would really apply if we actually wanted to study this verse. But let's try and finish this. He said, a widow who is put on the list for support must be a woman who is at least 60 years old and was faithful to her husband. She must be well respected by everyone because of the good she has done. As, as, as she brought up her children well, as she been kind to strangers and served other believers humbly, 
As she helped those who are in trouble, as she always been ready to do good, the younger widows should not be on the list because their physical desires will over overpower their devotion to Christ and they will want to remarry. Since then, they will be guilty of breaking their previous pledge. And if they are on the list, they will learn to be lazy and will spend their time gossiping from house to house, meddling in other people's business and talking about things they, they shouldn't. So I advise these younger widows to remarry again, have children and take care of their own homes. Then the enemy will not be able to say anything against them. For I am afraid that some of them have already gone astray and now follow Satan. If a woman who is a believer has relatives who are widows, she must take care of them. See, it says even if a woman has relatives that are widows, she must take care of them. It's not just talking about men. She must take care of them and not put the responsibility on the church. Then the church can care for the widows who are, who are truly alone. Elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. For the scripture says you must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating it eating as it treads out the grain and in another place those who work deserves deserves their pay those who work deserves their pay deuteronomy chapter 25 verse 4 do not listen to an accusation against an elder unless it is confirmed by two or three witnesses do not listen to it that's what the bible says those who sin should be reprimanded in front of the old church this will serve as a strong warning to others I solemnly, 21, I solemnly command you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus and the highest angels to obey these instructions without taking sides or showing favoritism to anyone. Never be in a hurry about appointing a church leader. Do not share in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. Don't drink only water. You ought to drink a little wine for the sake of your stomach because you are sick so often. Remember, the sin of some people are obvious, leading them to certain judgment, but there are others whose sin will not be revealed until later. In the same way, the good deeds of some people are obvious and the good, and the good deeds done in secret will someday come to the light. Hallelujah. Sorry, I had to rush there at the end. Sincerely, I'm sorry. We'll continue tomorrow. But my, my challenge this morning is pay attention to the word of God. Paul was challenging Timothy here. Hold on to the word of faith. Hold on to the word of God. And you will succeed in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you for another time in your presence. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. God bless you. See you another tomorrow.